Hey everyone, I'm Rachel, a walking juxtaposition and wearer of many hats. I live with my wife and triplet daughters in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm a book fanatic and author of You Are Not the Thoughts You Think. And I'm Megan, a stay-at-home mom and entrepreneur residing in Dallas, Texas. I live with my husband, two kids, two dogs, and two cats. I'm a fitness and mental health enthusiast, and in between the busy life of being a mom and wife, I'm the owner of my small business called The Love Within Us, where we focus on spreading love and light through self-empowerment. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a story to start with, and it's the reason we're doing this word of disorientation or disoriented. What are we doing? Disoriented or disorientation? I think disorientation. Disorientation. Okay. So the reason I wanted to do this word is because I had an incident yesterday morning. So I'm going to start with this story time. Okay. Um, my dog has not adjusted yet to daylight savings time adjustment thing. <laughs> Normally we get up at 5 a.m. And he has been getting up at like 3.50 or 4 a.m. Because, you know, he still thinks that's the, the right time. Anyway, so I was out walking my dog, letting him go potty at 3.50 a.m. yesterday. And I'm standing, like I go down this stairwell and right at the end of the stairwell on the left uh, is like this little mulchy area. And that's usually where he makes it. Like we get down to the st- and bottom of the stairs and he's got to go. So I'm standing there while he's doing his business and I'm looking around the parking lot. And I notice that one of the neighbor's trucks is parked pretty close. Like there's a whole row of spots in the back and he's mm-hmm. parked right next to the neighbor across the hall from me, which is kind of a a rude thing to do, right? You don't park, like all these spots are open and you don't park right next to the other truck that's like in the furthest spot. So I was already sitting there staring at this going like, God, what a tool for parking right there. That was rude. <laughs> and then I hear a noise and my truck is the first spot right next to the stairwell. So like, it's right in front of me mm-hmm. and I hear this rustling noise and everything. And I'm looking down the hill, like into the trees, thinking there, maybe there's a bear. We've had bears out here, the black bears. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's a bear coming up. Oh my gosh. And my truck door opens Mm. my truck door Mm. opens at 3 50 AM. And a guy walks out of my truck Mm. and (laughs) in my state of shock, (laughs) I was really calm, but I was really disoriented. And I just kind of looked at him and he starts walking out of the truck. And I said, uh, hi, can I help you? That's my truck. And I just kept repeating after that. That's my truck. What are you doing? That's my truck. And Mm -hmm. he had his hands in his pocket and starts walking towards the back of the parking lot where those two trucks are. And he gets, he's walking in that direction. I realize I don't have my phone or anything. I need to go Mm -hmm. call somebody. So I drag the poor dog. (laughs) I literally drag him up the stairs. I run in the house, I throw him in, I grab my phone and I tell Jen, someone was just in our truck. I'm calling the cops. So I dial 911 as I'm running back down. And just in that like 30 seconds, he's already gone. That white truck, the white truck. So the park, the one that was saying like, what a jerk for parking like that, that white truck was gone. 
Mm. So I'm thinking this guy just stole, and it's not the normal guy I see get into that truck. Yeah. Like this guy just stole my neighbor's truck too. I didn't even go look through my truck yet. I just called the cops. Anyway, they show up and I explain everything. He asked what he took. I was like, I don't know. I haven't even looked in it. And it was just like all scattered. There were like all the contents of the consoles and everything were just everywhere. So Jen came out and she was going through it and she knew they had taken, I keep her spare key like buried in my console and they had taken her spare key out of the truck to the car that's her car's parked like on my left. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I think if I hadn't shown up right then and scared the guy, he probably was going to just steal her car. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't make sense on how quick he was able to get that car started, the, the white truck and take off. I told the police officer that I, that truck I thought belonged to the people that lived above me. Um, so he went and knocked on their door and the guy answered in his, he said, the cop said, answered really confused in his boxers. And the cop said, you know, there's, do you, are you the owner of the white Ford F-250? And he said, no, we don't own a Ford F-250. And so the cop was telling me this and I was like, wow, weird. Then I don't know where they live because I really thought that truck belonged to the guys above me. Anyway, cop took my information. We disconnected Jen's battery so that they couldn't take her, come back and like easily take the car, figure out what car it belonged to. Mm -hmm. I cleaned up the truck and took the girls to school. I didn't want them to know. They still don't know that it happened. There's no need for that. I had to clean everything up so they wouldn't know. I got back. I talked to the apartment manager and I was explaining to her everything that happened. And I said, it's that white, it's the white truck that's always been here. And I think it just got stolen. My car was broken into. And um, I said, I really thought they lived above me. Um, but the cop knocked on the door and they said they didn't have it. And she's like, huh. So she looked up the files and she goes, no, that's, that's who that truck belongs to. Mm-mm. But it wasn't the normal guy that was getting in there. And I said, well, then I don't know why they would deny that, but like maybe their truck just got stolen. I called the police back. I gave them that information and my apartment complex's manager's information. Right. Then last night, the guy that normally drives the truck shows back up with the truck. Wow. My neighbor across the hall comes banging on my door and he's like, Hey, get out here. He just pulled up. So I go out there and he, my neighbor stands with me and I asked the guy as he's walking up, I said, do you, uh, did you let your friend borrow your truck this morning? And he's like, Oh, what? No, I've been, uh, I've been out of town all weekend. So I gave him the rundown of what happened. And I said, your roommate, I said, you live right above me. Right. And he said, yeah. I said, well, the cops asked your roommate if you guys owned the white truck. And he said, no. So I'm not really sure why your roommate lied. And I said, but it was like, it was your truck. And he's like, there's no way I was gone all weekend. It didn't make any sense. I remembered later, I saw him Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) He was not gone all weekend. So he just lied to me. Both of them are just like compulsive liars. (laughs) Yes. And as I was trying to process how I was feeling about the whole thing, you know, I kind of go through these, I'm trying to like decide how I should feel like the should Mm -hmm, of feelings. mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really fit because I, I wasn't in a stage of like fear. I haven't really felt a lot of fear about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was talking through this with Jen 
And I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like a little angry about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I told her, I said, the best way I can describe like how I'm feeling about the whole thing is very disoriented. Like mm-hmm. it was, I was caught off guard and like, it's just a weird scenario to have like your keys to your other vehicle stolen. These guys are moving out like today. And Convenient timing. It, exactly. It's just all too, it just lines up too much, but like all of that line, all of these pieces are very disorienting. Yeah. Well, it's, it was in the middle of the night, pretty much, right? Or early, early, early morning. And thank goodness. I mean, you did see something, but also thank goodness that you're safe and he didn't have anything else on him, you know, like some type of weapon or something. And he just walked away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jen was yeah. like, why did you talk to him? It's like, I, I don't know. know. It just, just like, who are just, you? Yeah. Why are you in my truck? <laughs> Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, those situations, anybody could say, well, oh, you should have done, or I would have done. But like, when you're in that moment and you're, like you said, caught off guard, I don't know, like having someone go through my things, it feels very violating. Like your car is a kind of like a second home. I mean, it's what you, it's yours. It's what you use for you and your family to get places that it's it's your thing and to have somebody just rummage through it feels very violating but I'm very thankful that you are safe and sounds like you did all the right things and you contacted not just your apartment manager but you know the police I just don't understand why people lie like that it just makes you think like they they're in on it yeah they know they know I mean it was them it was them or their friend yeah he's digging a bigger hole because yeah, he should just throw his friend under the bus. His friend did yeah. it. He's going to be held. He's the owner of the truck. So he's going to be held liable for the consequences. And, and I think you processing your feelings and saying, how should I feel? You know, I think the bigger question is like, not how, how should you feel, but how do you feel? And, and going right. through those emotions and anger would definitely come up for me too more because my neighbors are liars and there's just no, there's no room for that. There's no place for that. I just, I hate that. I think a lot of people, when I told the story, people were saying how scared they would have been. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I never, I still don't, I still don't feel scared. Like I don't, and, and maybe that's dumb of me, but like, it doesn't scare me to go talk to these guys. I don't feel any like threat Mm -hmm. against my safety. Mm -hmm. It's weird because then I was telling myself, well, like, I feel like you should be scared and I feel like you should feel violated and you should feel angry. And I don't really feel those things. I feel disoriented. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just goes to show that, I mean, everybody will handle any kind of situation uh, differently and process it differently and processing times is different and, um, and that's okay. That kind of leads us to our word for the day, which is disorientation. So I looked up the definition because, you know, that's where we start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I found a few different definitions and I don't know, some of them just didn't, you know, they made sense, but not in the way that I feel like I defined disorientation. So the Cambridge dictionary defined it closer to what I have in my head. Uh, which is a feeling of being confused about where you are, where you are going, and what is happening. If someone was to ask me what does disorientation mean, I would say confusion, a feeling of 
lost. I was trying to find a, a clip from this book I love. I've mentioned it before, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he talks about how important habits are because of like all the brain power you use when you don't have that structure in there. Anyway, I was on YouTube trying to find a clip of maybe him saying that. I had already Google searched quotes and stuff. I couldn't find what I was looking for. But when I YouTube disorientation, I would say like 99% of all of the videos on there were about flying and pilots mm. and how deadly disorientation can be. Um, and that's what they believe like Kobe Bryant's helicopter pilot was dealing with some spatial disorientation. Mm. Um, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, my brain works in analogies. So I thought about how that applies to just like our life and how disorientation, we might not be flying a helicopter or flying a plane, but how detrimental it can be to be disoriented or to in that be state of mind. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you said that about YouTubing it and looking it up. And for me, I'm finding all of these medical definitions like Alzheimer's oh. and dementia. And and that and that funny. Yep. I saw some um, of that stuff with like dyslexia, disorientation with dyslexia. Uh-huh. Like the medical definition. They're all so similar, but this one says a medical definition of disorientation, a usually transient state of confusion, especially as to time, place, or identity, often as a result of disease or drugs, which medicine has a pretty big effect on me. So like any type of, if I'm in the hospital or something, any type of drug or painkiller or something like that really makes me um, loopy and disoriented and where am I? Why? <laughs> Why am I like this? <laughs> it's linked to disorientation is linked to like depression and anxiety, which mm-hmm. makes complete sense because mm-hmm. when you, when you're not sure who you are or where you're headed or where you are can cause a lot of anxiety. I think that's so true. And, you know, I think when people are in that state. So like a a 16 year old, 18 year old, uh, they just finished college, but they still don't know what they want to do, or they're going into college and they don't, they, you know, you, you have that sense of who am I, what am I doing? And usually that comes out as I just feel lost. I don't know what I'm doing. So maybe a better word for that is I just, I feel disoriented. Right. I feel like we're all kind of in that state with pandemic. Yeah. I think that we're all kind of facing this disorientation with time because time's moving in a different speed, especially when we were in like lockdown. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've, a lot of us feel like we've, we're missing sections mm-hmm. of that timeline. Like 2020 yeah. and 2021 just for me is like one full year. Right. I have to think back about specific mi- like milestones or markers to be mm-hmm. able to get myself oriented for where the time was. We don't really have a clear path. Like, what is it going to look like when we're, when this is gone? When's it going to be gone? It's a major state of disorientation for everybody. Yeah. I think you bring up a big valid point. You know, everybody talks about 2020, but I mean, over here in Texas, 2021 started with the great freeze of Texas and it shut, shut Texas down. (laughs) Yep, That was disorienting because you're not used to having the power and, you know, everything being frozen. God, Yeah. But no, I think you bring up so much truth in that 
And it's kind of like 2020, 2021, it's you're constantly having to reroute or wait for what's next or the the unknown of how it's going to be in the next few months. Because even 2020, nobody knew how long this was going to be or take, you know, was vaccine something that we needed and all this kind of stuff. And well, if we just wait a couple months, you know, and then two months pass and it's like, well, we've got to wait another couple months and then two months pass again. And so it's this kind of constant waiting game and figuring out what's next. I just feel like I've been in that limbo. I feel personally uh, here that we've kind of resumed a little bit more to normalcy when my kids are back in school. So you kind of have that, what, what we used to have, you know, still safe. You still, we still wear a mask and really crowded stores, things like that. And looking back, like linking back to my story of the, my car invader, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I was talking to Jen about it, she's like fight or flight stuff. I'm shocked at how like calm and I was, and I, I guess it's kind of fight because I just asked questions. I didn't, I didn't like go attack the guy, but I didn't run away either. Right. Right. Um, Right. But Jen's fight or flight, she would have, she would have done one of those. She would have taken off Mm -hmm. or she would have been in fight mode. And then after she found out, like she's, I make her, when I go to try to confront one of them, I make her stay inside because she'll, she's in fight mode (laughs) and that's not going (laughs) to help anything, but it, you know, it's relating that back to like pandemic stuff. If we're all in this state of disorientation and our bodies react differently to that disorientation. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some of us that are, are in flight mode and, you know, that's how we're dealing with it or fight mode. And I think that we, we face that. And like with like the political aspect of it, I think that's Mm -hmm. a big part of the divisiveness is we're in this state of stress that's triggered fight or flight mode. There's really Mm -hmm. no good in sight of like when we're going to get out of this and back to a sense of normalcy. So like that, that triggers that too. I feel like that's a big part of why people are acting the way they're acting. Angry. Yes. Angry. Mad and um, upfront, like just uh, abrasive. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with that too, just with people. And I'm like, everybody is so angry. Just take a deep breath. Like, why are we? No, I think, I think you bring up a lot of truth and clarity. I think you're right. I think being disoriented affects a lot of things. And like, that's a main reason. And atomic habits is a big part of it, but that's the main reason of like, why I anchor my morning with very specific habits. That's right. Is it orients my day? Yeah. So I'm not disoriented. The days I skip those morning habits or I don't, or I, they get thrown off, like, you know, yeah. with an invader in my truck, then yeah. my whole day, my projection, my path is all thrown off. I'm disoriented because I missed yeah. my morning anchor. Yeah. And so much about that too, is like, you've started your day off the way you want, like you have control over it and you've started it off on the right foot by grounding yourself, by whatever that is, if it's the meditation or a journaling or making a checklist of the day, getting a review of what you need to get done, like whatever you're doing, if you're doing some yoga or a little bit of exercise, like you've woke up, you've had your water, 
or coffee or tea and you've started the day off in control and that grounds you for your day in my uh, fitness community that's why we start our day off like that because moving your body and doing a little bit of sweat sitting and having gratitude it just starts your day off on that positive note exercise makes you feel better right it gives you endorphins so it's like it automatically giving you happy medicine chemically in your body by doing those things talking about this because I've been lacking this I the time change and the cold and all these things I've just I have not gotten up and have done that so I instead I wake up to hectic crazy busy uh, one child always needs something just yesterday I woke up and my kids were playing very nicely in their rooms, but Charles had explosive diarrhea. So, you know, I woke up immediately having to clean up and rush the kids to school. I didn't have my control on that, you know? And so then you feel rush, rush, rush. You're rushing them. I feel disoriented, like, I got to get all blah. And then it's like, drop June off, take a deep breath, get my day together. Had I gotten up, and had that moment of time and do what, you know, like, like you do, you have your section of your morning that sets your day. I probably would have handled it, you know, with a little more grace, but you think I still have really bad morning sometimes, uh, even if I've done all my morning stuff, because I'm only in control of those that hour before right. my kids get up and then kids just cause disorientation. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just do. really do. You know, and I was thinking about it too. And I wanted to, I wanted to say this because Rachel and I talk about a lot of these things that we practice and we do. Um, We talk about how we talk to our kids and all these positive things and just know that like we're human too, and we have our bad days, but talking about those positive things that we do helps remind us and add those habits in to, to like make them a habit. But, you know, yes, I yell at my kids. Every once in a while, I yell at my kids, okay? And that's just normal and that's human, but it's always a good reminder to say, I can talk to my kids differently, you know? So, so, so just know that when you listen to us talk about these like really positive things, we, we start our day off. Okay, I haven't done that in months, y'all, but know that I do know that it's a positive thing and you should try it. And it's a great thing. When you wake up, you drink your water, get my journal, five to seven minutes and it like that's your day I set my intention every morning and I tell myself every morning I am not going to yell at breakfast I'm not (laughs) going to yell at breakfast I'm not going to start my kids off their day with yelling at breakfast and I'll tell you 99% of the time I'm yelling at breakfast (laughs) no matter how at least something Cause they don't eat. They just sit there and chit chat. And it's like 45 minutes later and you haven't even finished breakfast yet. And it's like a trigger for me. And I haven't figured out yeah. how to change that. But every day I fail at my, I'm not going to yell at breakfast today. I'm going to, it's going to be a great positive day. And then someone whines and that's a trigger for me. Yeah. Or <laughs> I have to say 15 times, please take yeah. a bite. Please eat your breakfast. Yeah. And there's only so much many times I can say that without exploding. I just can't. Yeah. Well, and you have three all the same age. Yeah. I've been struggling a little bit with Charles because he, I don't know if it's because he's not been feeling well, but he's gotten to where he just like, let's like poke you in the face for no reason. 
and I don't, I don't like being touched in the face. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. Like, and so I'm just like, don't do that. And then he'll do it again. Like, or I don't know, June's playing. He just like goes over and just like kicks over her thing. And I, I feel like recently I've had to just say like, Charles, stop, Charles, no, 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 that, that is not, do you need to go sit and time out? And I feel like that's all I do. And I, I mean, I know it's just a phase, but as I said, I need to reroute that thinking and, and hone in on his positive behaviors. So he continues to do positive behaviors instead of saying, no, 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 no. But I don't know. I know people say this, but like, he's a boy and he is into destruction. <laughs> like he wants to take things apart and break them and then put them back together. And, but just knowing like, we can't break everything. Like we can't break the DVD player, but you can, you can build something with your Legos and break that, you know, and he's learning. He's learning. It's that curiosity, like appreciate your curiosity, but <laughs> could yeah. you be curious somewhere else and Let's not curious? Not my things? Yeah. Okay. So I know with our podcast name is juxta- about juxtaposition. So I like to think of both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with disorientation right now, it's been about like the negative side of the coin of like how disorienting it be can be. So I started thinking about the positive side or is there a positive side? Mm-hmm. And I think there is because I think disorientation can be good. Like if you're in a rut of some sort, you know, have a rut of bad habits. So disorienting yourself or facing some disorienting, disorienting event or something can sometimes help spark that conscious thought again. Cause we get kind of in that unconscious habit which, you know, habits can be a good thing to have the unconscious because you're not using the, that memory and that focus all the time. So there's some things that habits good, but there's a lot of things where we just get in a rut of life and we just Mm -hmm. kind of unconsciously go through it. So sometimes these disorienting moments can have a positive impact because it's making you look at things a little bit different and pay attention to some things and notice things that you didn't notice before and could put you on a better path. Yeah. Kind of shakes things up a bit and wakes you up a little. And yeah, yeah. I was looking at the opposite of disoriented or disorientation and it has clear-headed, unpuzzled, balanced. And I liked balance. Balance is good. Because I think I am balanced is a good affirmation. We might not always feel balanced, but telling ourselves that can help us do things to help us be more balanced. It's like a good reminder. I want to do a podcast on balance because balance is one of those that I feel like can be a toxic word too, if used incorrectly, like work-life balance Mm -hmm, doesn't mm -hmm. exist. Yeah. And sometimes you need things to be off balance. Well, it's funny because you were, you were talking about habits and I was like, Ooh, but there are so many bad habits. Yeah. I immediately started thinking of all these bad habits. And I was like, we talk about habits all the time, you know, having these like healthy, positive, uh, routines and habits in our day. Intentional habits. Yeah. 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 How does one, I guess we kind of touched this topic, but when you're in a situation like you were in and you felt disoriented. How do you get out of that? What helps it? I'm trying to think back to what I did. 
because I feel like I was, yes, disoriented, but I also was really calm about it. And I think the main thing is I just tried to process my surroundings and what was going on. And then like recalling memory of like, you know, what did he look like? Which way did he go? And try to memorize things. I think paying attention when you're disoriented and picking, picking out things and calling them out, like, you know, that point and call kind of thing of like, yeah, this is here and this is there. Um, it kind of helps ground you a little bit. And, you know, I, you know, it be interesting is to go and watch some of those YouTube videos about the pilots mm-hmm. fighting spatial disorientation, because I bet you the same things that the pilots have to do to get better oriented and get battle that disorientation spatially, like in the air, I bet you some of those same things are things we can apply to just like life and being disoriented. Right. right. I, I don't know what a, a standard answer would be for, you know, everybody, but for me, I think it would take just communicating, but I think that's who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty open person and anytime I'm feeling anything really I just have to kind of talk about it and like talk through it and talking through it exactly exactly me talking through it is a way that I process the information too so maybe that's just it maybe it's intentionally processing the information around you right so if you're a verbal processor then talk to somebody and process it out verbally Mm -hmm. but intentionally processing that information It's kind of fun too. Like if you're, when you're traveling, you're disoriented because you're in a different place. You've never been there before. Yeah. It's all new. Yeah. And what I trying to think of like what I do when I'm disoriented traveling, because that's how we lived for a while was living in new places. I would find a common landmark and this is going to sound really dumb, but it would be like Walmart or Target. Yeah. And that may be the first place we go. And it's kind of a grounding point. Absolutely. Like, this is familiar. I, you know, I can get used to the rest of it. And then like walking mm-hmm. uh, to familiarize ourselves with the, like the park where we were staying, but yeah, finding a grounding point, a central point, and then exploring and coming back, you know, to your central point. I'm a pretty visual person. So I do the same thing. Even if I'm driving somewhere new, I'm really paying attention to, like you said, uh, stores or buildings, parks, things like that. Like I'm paying attention. And usually if I've driven there hmm, one, two, three times, um, I won't need a map anymore. I just like know where I'm going because I've used all these landmarks. Yeah, you've built a map. Yeah, or usually like as long as I got there, I know how to get back because I know the highways, landmarks, what exit name or something like that. And I don't need a, I don't need, you know, maps to tell me what to do. I just know. Whereas I think my husband, he'll like miss those things. And so he'll need the maps to get home still. I feel like I could naturally do that like you do. I think it's in the seven habits of highly effective people, Stephen Covey. I think it was in that book. I need to look. It may have been one of his other books, but there was something he said about your paradigm and that's how you see things. And that's how you, you build a map of your, your world and how everything works. Um, and that's what a paradigm shift is, is when that's gotten scrambled. So that's kind of disorientation, right? A paradigm shift. You've 
your maps getting scrambled and you're having to rebuild things and maybe it's not going to look the same way as it was before. And that kind of works with like social issues as well. So Mm -hmm. we're having a big thing. I mean, uh, so many social issues, but let's just pick racism for now Mm -hmm. where it's a big paradigm shift or disorientation for people who have always grown up one way and thinking one thing to have someone mix it up for them and disorient Mm -hmm. them a little bit. And maybe if we go back to what you were saying with the question of like, how do you get out of that disorientation? We collect the information around us rather Mm -hmm. than just closing our eyes and pretending it's still all the same. So maybe it works with issues like racism and other social issues as well as if you would, you know, pay attention and look around Mm -hmm. you and collect as much information as you can, because your world just shifted a little bit Mm -hmm. and you need to reorient yourself. And maybe you're not, you don't, maybe you don't want to be in that exact spot anymore because it's not, it's a different spot. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm I'm like visualizing it and I can't verbalize it. No, it totally does. And I'm thinking of that person and how no matter what the topic is, political, uh, racism, things like that, it's, I think for that person, because they're disoriented, they're feeling fear, unknown, maybe judgment, and people shut down. So even when you do try to communicate more about it or talk through your thoughts with someone, you're not always met with compassion or understanding someone's judging you, they know more than you, you know, something like that, where I'm just thinking if I'm in that position and maybe I had one viewpoint 15 years ago and I'm not, I'm not that same person, right? Because I've learned, collected information. I've grown. I've had conversations with other people safe. I I, I like to call them like safe conversations. Like Mm -hmm. my husband and I, we, you know, you know, and always see eye to eye, but like, he's a safe person because I know deep down, he's not going to judge me or like my best friend. I know she's not going to judge me, but it's, it's a conversation that you can have where I may say something that they may not agree with, but at least they're listening and we can talk through that. But I think I don't know how to get through that because not everybody's like that and it's not safe. So it's, it's hard. So then that fear comes in. And so then people just stay in that same state of mind or they don't even breach that topic. Well, and the safety can be limiting too, because you're not, you're not getting out of that comfort zone and Mm -hmm. having that outside opinion thrown at you. And that's the scary part. And that's what people like, it's, it's a really hard to do to go have these tough conversations on both sides. I mean, if we're, if we're just sticking with racism, it's, that's a, it's, it's hard on both sides to have that Mm -hmm. conversation and rebuild your map on maybe your maps wrong. Yeah. Having the, I I think like you hit the nail on the head with having those conversations and talking about it and getting out of your head and processing the new information. That's where we start. Yeah. I've gotten to where, and I don't, I don't know why or, or how, but I've gotten to where when people tell me things, whether it's family or Michael or, or friends, I try to say, thank you for sharing me, sharing that with me. Like, I, I know that must be hard, or I know that I know that's hard just because I think when people share challenging topics, there should be almost more of that like celebration of thank you for breaching that topic. And thank you for sharing that with me, because you know, it's not easy. 
and you don't right. know how it's going to be received or met. And so I've, I've tried to um, accept it more with, with grace and celebration and then, you know, move into the conversation piece. But, uh, you know, if somebody says, man, I'm, I'm just dealing with some crazy anxiety today and I just don't know what to do, or man, today I am so depressed. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I am here for you. How can I help you? You know, some things like that, but it's like, there should be more, um, connection. Yeah. You're verbally or I can't think of the word metaphorically grabbing your hand. Yeah. And saying, Let's yeah. find your direction together. Yeah. I wonder like the days that, that we're feeling disoriented. I wish I, I really, I'm glad that this, this words come up because I feel like it's going to give me a better word to describe the days when I'm feeling like say anxiety or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, frustrated. Mm-hmm. I think disoriented is a great word to describe the days where you just feel like frazzled or, you know, mm-hmm. And I think labeling it as disoriented really helps figure out what to do next. Because mm-hmm. if you're lost in the woods, you have to find a landmark. Yeah. And then set a direction, look at your compass. So I think for us as people, we need to go ahead like today and figure out what a good landmark is for us mm-hmm. and then set a direction. And I I noticed Like I even do that with like home, home is a landmark, right? So on the days where I have a lot to do and I don't really know what I need to do, I'm out, I drop the girls off at school and I think of all the places I need to go. There's so many times that I go home first, even if I use the excuse of like, well, I need to use the restroom first. I usually (laughs) go home and I'm like, okay, I'm at my landmark. Yeah. Now let me set my direction. But I think that's, I think that's important. I think setting a, a landmark and figuring out what your compass is, how you're going to determine your direction, whether it's a to-do list as your compass or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that those two things, a landmark and a compass are important. Yeah. yeah. And I think that landmark is like safety Yeah, because it's the one thing that, you know, you can trust it. So like your home know it, you trust it. It feels safe. So you start there, like your home base kind of thing. No, I think that's perfect. I love the books. This is going to sound like a really off topic, but the books like uh, uh, My Side of the Mountain. I don't know if you read that one. I have not. Or uh, Hatchet. Did you read Hatchet? I did read Hatchet a long, long time ago. Yeah, My head, we actually like, were just talking about that on Saturday. It's such a good book. Uh, yeah. I reread it as an adult because I was like, man, I have good memories about reading that book. Um, but they're both like outside survival kind of books. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's kind of where my mind is going right now. And I realize in both of those books, they set like their home spot, your home base, and then you can go out from there. I wonder if that's like a, like if we were to pull up like a outside nature survival book, Mm -hmm. if it would suggest for people to do that, to like pick a, um, a landmark, that's like your, your home base and then explore out from there. I bet it would. Seems like that'd be a good survival technique if you were lost in the woods or somewhere. So we should apply that to our everyday life. You feeling disoriented, go back to your landmark, your home base and get that compass out and figure out which direction you should head toward. Right. 
I like that. Not destination, but direction. Yeah, you you're in no rush to get to a destination. You just you might not know what the destination is. You need to get on. Yeah, you've just got to get on your path. I wanted to say uh, this is it's a little off topic, like you were saying a second ago, but I I did some stories yesterday about waking up and and just 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 I wake up every day and I just wonder what life is going to throw at me, right? And then at the end, I was like, I can do this. I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready for it. You just, you give me the hurdle and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sail right over it. Right. Yeah. And I think two years ago, Megan would not have been like that. It would have been like, why me? Why does this happen to me? This sucks. Life sucks. Today's a shitty day, you know, and it's already 8 a.m. But the way that I've shifted the way I think and do and be has been like, you know, yeah, I'm kind of sarcastically talking about it. Like, oh, life, <laughs> she just has it out for me. But you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to hurdle over everything she throws at me. And it's, I thought to myself after I said those things, I was like, I'm actually kind of proud of myself because I was thinking about it in this positive frame of mind, I, I think, and I'm like, all right, you know, like every day I just got to put on my, got to put on my running shoes and my headband and let's go like, come on, come on life. Come on, mother. Come on nature. (laughs) Like, yeah. I kind of picture it as like you, maybe you didn't have that map before. Mm -hmm. And then when you went through that big shift, you're intentionally building your map. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So like you were living in this state of disorientation yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're intentionally building a map now in a direction. Maybe that's the big paradigm shift that a lot of us go through when we have those big moments, like you're talking about where like the old me and the new me, the old mm-hmm. me may have been disoriented or on the wrong path, but like disoriented mm-hmm. and the new me is trying to map out my surroundings mm-hmm. and make sense of everything. And mm-hmm. some people go their whole lives, not making sense, not even interested in making a map or making sense of everything. They're just yeah. letting life happen to them. I think you, I think you touch on a, a big, a big thing right there. I, I was just thinking about that. But, and, and I, I go back to people saying, I just feel lost and I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I this way? You know, things like that, where eventually you finally, like you said, create that map. You're more sure of yourself. And I think so much of that just takes time and practice and, you know, age, but age is time. And the older you get, the more you learn, the more experiences you have. And, and you can really, well, it'd be interesting to see like a map of a child compared to like a map of a teenager compared to the map of like a 30 year old. Well, and I was just thinking about like literally making a map. Yeah. how slow it is and mm, how much yeah. you have to keep Time going back to the same place because yeah. you're mapping it out. So like someone may look like they're just, you know, they're on this road and they're going and they're building their map, but they're, it's linear, you know, mm-hmm. you're not, I feel like a map is kind of building in a radius, right? Like mm-hmm. anytime we map uh, directions from home, you kind of, you're looking at like a radius from your home. Mm-hmm. But if you're just blowing and going, it's going to be fast. Yes. You're going to miss stuff. building a complete map. You're building yeah. a, a little strip of just yeah. where that one path. 
I think that those conversations and circling back and circling back and circling back is how you, you focus on building a complete map rather than just blowing and going. So Mm -hmm. I think it can look Mm -hmm. really slow and it can feel like we're not making any progress. Right. Right. Maybe we're building the detail out of this one little section of Mm -hmm. our map and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You're building a, an accurate map. Yeah. I love it. It just like, it'd be fun to brainstorm like a mind map. I love to do mind maps, like what my map would look like. Yeah. I I was just thinking that like, if you need to paint a map and I will paint a map, I might not paint, I might choose a different medium, but we'll both create maps. It's kind of like a mind map, but you're, you know, if you look at, so if you look at the world from outer space, you can tell where the cities are because it's like this little cluster of light. And then it's like, it always spreads out like radially. Uh uh So I feel like that's, and that's kind of how a mind map works when you're doing like ideas and stuff. I feel like that's what it would look like, but I'm wondering like, what are those cities? What are, Mm -hmm. what would the city be? And then which ones need more detail? Life events or. Yeah. Or topics. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then you might have one that looks kind of bland. Maybe you need to map some more stuff out on that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. have enough detail. So yeah, you need to complete. go do some, yeah, you need to do more research there or more to spend more meditation there or prayer there or whatever it is. If it, if there's a spot on your map, that's looking a little empty. Maybe yeah. there's, there's your challenge for this week. I like that. I think my map, if I had to, if I had to make a map, mine would be a collage of things. Like it would be multi-medium collage of things. That's a great idea. Look at this. We went from disorientation to map building. Today was a great day. This was really every, fun. Every Tuesday or every, whatever day we meet on, which mm-hmm. sometimes is not a Tuesday, but uh, every time I'm just like, I'm always so surprised. We just, I know. We picked this topic this morning, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to talk about what happened. And I need a word. Yeah. And then I was like, I know what the word is because I, that's how I described what my emotions were around. It was disoriented. I think we all are in a state of disorientation in some sort, in some aspect of our lives. I think the map oh, for sure. helps. Okay. So there's a challenge is to go build your map, your paradigm, your orientation. Yeah. And I think my journal topic would be in your current state of life, what do you feel? disoriented about and how are you going to process through that I like that because that's a great part of the map too like whatever you put down there maybe start with that as a a little city in your map yeah I think it's that self-awareness of knowing you you may think you know but if you sit down and really think about it you may come up with something new that it's like you know what that does really disorient that does make me uh, feel lost or not oriented but I think it's that self-awareness of asking yourself, like, what does disorient me? Or you could even think about your past and say, in the past, what has disoriented me before? And if it happens again, how am I going to process through it? Yeah. Well, that brings up a great point too, of like on a timeline. Yeah. You could, if a map, if a map seems very overwhelming as it's starting to feel to me, as I'm picturing like where all my pieces would go. Yeah. Start with just a timeline. And put you are here and then start filling in events and things that have happened along your timeline to get to where you are at now. And then if you're up for it, 
try to start filling in some other points along the future part of your timeline to give yourself some orientation. Right. Yeah. yeah I love our chats. Me too. Well, again, I am just, I'm so thankful that you are safe and um, all is well. It's fine. I just want them to give me my keys back. Right. <laughs> yes. That's all I want. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what we come up with next time. I'm excited. All right. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and ultimately found some aha moments that allow you to reflect and take positive action. If you found this episode interesting and helpful, please consider liking, sharing, subscribing, and even leaving a review. As always, you are worthy, loved, 